date of recording, the 19th of June, 2021. Hey everyone, welcome to today's episode of Let's Talk Media with Vedant Okari. For today's episode, I'm talking about every piece of media that I could find of Sabrina Teenage Witch and interject my thoughts on these adaptations that I have watched. For those who don't know much about her, Sabrina Spellman was created by writer George Gladder and artist Dan DiCarlo, and she first appeared in Archie's Madhouse number 22 in October 1962. In this first comic, Sabrina is a mischief maker towards her classmates, and it establishes that if Sabrina ever falls in love, then she'll lose her magical powers, which was a fairly common trope around this time with other shows like Bewitched, and even a decade later with shows like I Dream of Genie. In the original version, Sabrina was created by her aunts, Hilda and Zelda, from a magic potion, but that has been retconned in modern adaptations in which she's a half-witch and half-human. She lives with her aunts Hilda and Zelda, as well as a cat named Salem in Greendale. What's interesting is that Sabrina Spellman made her debut in October of 1962, just two months after Spider-Man made his debut. They're both high schoolers with superpowers, so it begs the question as to whether Sabrina's creation was inspired by Spider-Man. But comic books do take a long time to create, so this could be some kind of bizarre coincidence. Sabrina was originally written as a one-off character, but then she became a huge hit and soon made a ton of guest appearances in Archie Comics. She got her own series, which ran for 77 issues from 1971 to 1983. There was also a Sabrina cartoon called the Sabrina Comedy Hour from 1970 to 1974, and then another one called the New Archie and Sabrina Hour in 1977. In most storylines, Sabrina struggles with balancing her human life and witchcraft life. Oftentimes, she tried using her powers to take shortcuts, which almost always backfired. Flash forward to 1996, and Sabrina gets her own live-action show with Melissa Joan Hart playing Sabrina. Soon enough, Sabrina got her own second comic series, running for 30 issues from 1997 to 1999. The 90s live-action show is pretty good, but it's not entirely my cup of tea. Don't get me wrong, the writing is good and the acting is pretty good, especially Melissa Joan Hart and Nick Bakai as Salem. However, I've never been into sitcoms and laugh tracks aren't always my thing, but honestly it's not that big of a problem here as it is in other shows and of course people knew the name Sabrina Spellman, but I think this 90s show really catapulted the character to widespread recognition. In fact, I've spoken to a lot of my friends, and to them, the 90s live-action show was their first introduction to the character growing up. With this show, I'm still on season 1, and so I don't know the entire storyline, but I do know Sabrina goes to college, becomes a journalism intern, and then works for an entertainment magazine down the road. Because of that, I have a tremendous amount of respect for the show for going in an original direction that I don't think occurred in the original comics. So if you're a diehard Sabrina fan, then I recommend you check this one out, and I give it an 8 out of 10. Sabrina also got three Showtime movies. Sabrina Teenage Witch from 1996, in which she's called Sabrina Sawyer instead of Sabrina Spellman for some reason. There's Sabrina Goes to Rome from 1998. And finally, Sabrina Down Under from 1999. Speaking of 1999, Sabrina gets her own cartoon, simply titled Sabrina the Animated Series. This cartoon also has a PC game which I have owned for years now. This cartoon ran for 65 episodes from September 1999 to February 2000. 
Melissa Joan Hart from the 90s live action show is a producer on this cartoon with her younger sister, Emily Hart, playing a 12-year-old Sabrina. She has a best friend named Chloe who knows Sabrina's secrets and is voiced by Chris Summer, who has worked in several shows I grew up watching. She voiced Number 5 on Codename Kids Next Door, Sunny on Chalk Zone, Susie Carmichael on Rugrats, and several others. It's also one of those moral of the week shows where Sabrina learns to be responsible with her magic. For instance, in one episode, Sabrina wishes she was an adult, only to find out that adulthood isn't all sunshine and rainbows. When I was a kid, I wanted to be an adult so badly, and don't get me wrong, there are definitely positives to being an adult, but I regret wanting to hit that skip button so many times as a kid. And so when I watched this episode as a 17-year-old, you know, someone who's almost an adult, I found the premise very relatable, and so I really liked it. In another episode, Sabrina clones herself because she has signed up for too many extracurriculars, only to learn at the end that you shouldn't overload yourself. And I started watching this cartoon in 12th grade as an IB diploma student, which was a very stressful program, and that's why I like this episode, because I also overwhelm myself with homework, studying, and I also did a lot of writing on the side. And speaking of the IB program, I guess now is a good time to get into it and how the IB program drove me to Sabrina Teenage Witch and her many iterations. And again, my apologies if this is a long story. As an IB student, I can't remember my GPA at the time, but I was in the top 25% of my class. So I was a good enough student, but some of the IB students, and again, this is some of them, not all of them. Some of the IB students had a very toxic competition mindset that really brought my good student mantra into question a lot of the times. For instance, I got a 6 out of 7 in IB Spanish, which is considered an excellent score on an IB exam. But this other IB student got a 7 out of 7 on the IB Spanish exam, and so they just told me to my face that my score could have been better. And it happened again with a push where I got a 3 on the AP exam and a different IB student got a 5 on the A-Push exam, but this student says straight to my face that my A-Push score was awful and nothing to be proud of. And there was a student below me, their IB class passed around a paper and pressured students to write their GPAs on it. And this student told me that some people felt awful about themselves because they had a 4.0 GPA and some of the other students had a 4.5 GPA. This made the IB program a very anxious and discouraging time in my life. So I turned to Sabrina the Animated Series for relaxation and lightheartedness. I watched four to five episodes a day and it was so uplifting to watch. Don't get me wrong, the stories weren't the most exciting, the characters weren't that fleshed out, and it was very formulaic and repetitive at times, but honestly, I recognize that this show has a lot of flaws, but it does skew younger, so I can't be too harsh on it. During IB, this show was my Bob Ross, where just watching it brought relaxation to my life, and so admittedly, I do have a soft spot for this show. In fact, I give Sabrina the Animated Series a 6.5 out of 10. In 2002, Sabrina the Animated Series got a movie, Sabrina Friends Forever, in which Sabrina turns 13 and goes to a witchcraft academy, which sounds incredibly similar to Harry Potter, which was also very popular around this time. 
First of all, Friends Forever is a very generic title for a film. I do have to say that. But besides that, the jokes fall flat almost every time, especially Salem, who is usually very funny. But there is a storyline of full witches being mean to the half-witches at this school. And there is a good moral at the end about treating everyone with kindness, regardless of whether they're a full witch or a half witch. And so I really do like that about the film. Besides that, I can't say that much about this film without nitpicking. And so I give it a 5 out of 10. In 2004, Sabrina got her own manga series, and there was another cartoon called Sabrina's Secret Life, which ran for 26 episodes from November 2003 to February 2004. This is a sequel to Sabrina the Animated Series. In this show, Sabrina is 14 years old and deals with teenager problems while she attends witchcraft classes. She attends these witchcraft classes with this other girl named Cassandra, who also goes to her regular school. In fact, Sabrina's teachers at the witchcraft school are also her teachers at the regular school, which makes for a fun dynamic. I can't say a lot about this show, but I do like how Sabrina attends witchcraft school and learns about all these new potions and about the history of witchcraft. It's definitely interesting because Salem the Cat is her history teacher at the witchcraft school, which makes for a very unique and interesting dynamic. Unfortunately, it's another one of those moral of the week shows, but... It has to teach the morals by dumbing down the characters and shoving the morals down your throat and in your face at the same time. And speaking of dumbing down the characters, uh, Sabrina, she is in ninth grade in this show, but still doesn't know that you shouldn't call people names. Correction, a different character had to learn the lesson about not calling people names. Spread rumors or even steal a dragon egg. These are good morals to teach, but... The moral doesn't quite fit the character's age. I don't know, maybe some 14-year-olds don't know these things, but it's, it's a huge stretch in this show that Sabrina doesn't know these basic things by age 14, and so it makes her pretty unlikable, and it makes for an annoying viewing experience. I could tell that the writers were starting to run out of ideas because this show ran for 26 episodes, but there are three episodes in which Sabrina auditions for a Shakespeare play. I presume this is the same team that worked on Sabrina the Animated Series and Sabrina Friends Forever, so they're probably starting to run out of ideas at this point, or at the very least getting burnt out. I have other issues with the writing and storylines, but they're pretty minor, and so I give this show a 6 out of 10. Now let's talk about the 2010s. In 2013, Sabrina got a Hulu cartoon called Sabrina, Secret of a Teenage Witch. In this cartoon, Ashley Tisdale voices Sabrina, who is a witch princess and is destined to become queen one day and rule the magical world. Then in 2014, we got the comic series Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. The title is based on a 1972 anthology series, Chilling Adventures in Sorcery, as told by Sabrina. In this anthology series from 1972, Sabrina narrated some horror stories drawn in the arty style. I own some issues of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, but I haven't finished it yet, so I can't really give my opinions about it. But what I can't comment about is the 2018 Netflix adaptation of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. I love this show. I appreciate them going for the darker aspects of witchcraft. I've never watched Wizard of Wildy Place or Charmed, but I'm pretty sure they, along with a lot of other witchcraft shows, went for the more fun and coolness aspects of witchcraft. 
And so I appreciate showing adventures delving into how twisted it can get. Some examples are how Harvey's brother returns from the dead thanks to a spell, but he returns as a brain-dead zombie. And how Sabrina is destined to be the Queen of Hell, or Queen of the Underworld, or something like that. The acting is also incredible, and I like the romance stories of Sabrina and Harvey and Sabrina and Nick. I also appreciate their inclusion of a transgender character with Theo, and I think that Lachlan Watson does a great job at portraying the character. All of the actors who play the four main teens do a great job. Now, I've heard mixed opinions on part three, and I'm not there yet, so for now, I give Chilling Adventures of Sabrina an 8 out of 10. This is episode 60 of Let's Talk Media with Vedanta Kari, and thank you for listening.